This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. It says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11, In Him, that's Jesus Christ, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. So even though you're sitting in a trap, in a snare, in an uncertain time, you got to know that God works everything out to the sovereign plan of His will according to the counsel of his will so nothing is out of his hand but from our perspective track with me please from our perspective it's good to know that God is sovereign but we don't see the way God works you know what I'm talking about it's like God great I know that you're sovereign but I lost my job my family member died my marriage has been postponed I've got $20 in my bank I've got oh even that just went and my dog died great God it's nice to know that you work everything according to the counsel of your will but that's the tragedy of life. We do not know what God is doing sometimes. Illustration Job. You guys remember that guy? It says he was a righteous guy. I mean, he was so good that, that even in hell, his name is brought up. They're like, dude, that guy Job, we got to get him, man. I mean, imagine, imagine being so righteous here on this earth that Satan in hell is like, you know what? I got to do something about this guy. Right? So he goes and, he's, and God is talking to, to, to Satan. He says, listen, man, have you considered my, son, my, my servant Job? And God's like, you know what? Even no matter what you do to him, he's still going to praise me. Job has no idea about the conversation that's happening up there in the heavenlies. When we go through uncertain times, it's nice to know that God is sovereign, but the tragedy is we do not know what God is doing. And it's hard to trust Him. And because of that, what do we run to? We run to our own abilities. We run to our talents. We run to people who are loud and who, you know, think that they have it together. Instead of running to who? Running to God, who is the giver of wisdom like we're going to see when we close. The fish and the bird are caught before they know it. If they'd known that it was a trap, they would have swam away, flown around it. But they're trapped, and it's too late. And he says the same thing happens to human beings. Time and chance that seasons catch us off guard. And yes, God is sovereign over every season in your life. But from our point of view, oftentimes we do not see what God is doing behind the scenes. And we find ourselves in uncertain times. It's sudden, it's unexpected, and it's terrifying like a bird trapped in a snare or a fish in the net. Please don't be over-spiritual this morning. Get real with uncertain times in your life. Yes, God is sovereign, which is awesome. But also understand that it's very annoying because you don't see God working things out in your life. You don't understand it. Why, Lord? Why? Why are these things happening? And it's okay because when we get real with that, we see wisdom that God gives us. What does Solomon mean by time and chance? And I think I need to point this out real quick. Otherwise, we can sound very new agey. You know, by time, he's talking about uh, the general seasons of life. Not just the end times, which is death, but he's talking about every season that's appointed and its outcomes. We all are living in time and we all have seasons in life that we will have to go through. Like we saw in Ecclesiastes 3, a time to mourn, a time to laugh, a time to embrace, a time to refrain, right? A time to, to make peace and a time to make war. Ezekiel chapter 7 verse 7 says, O people of Israel, the day of your destruction is dawning. Time is coming. The day of destruction is coming. The time has come. The day of trouble is near. Shouts of anguish will be heard on the mountains, not shouts of joy. Everybody goes through time. What does he mean by chance? Does he mean a very fatalistic outlook on life? What he's saying is there are different occasions in life that you will go through. Occasions is a good word. You need to write this down. And when you're going through hard times, you need to tell yourself, this is an occasion in life that I'm going through. There's an occasion when you're going to have great intimacy with your spouse. And there's an occasion when you will fight. And all the husbands turn and look at their wives, right? No, I'm kidding. There's an occasion when you're going to be very healthy. And there's an occasion when you will fall sick, right? 
We go through time and chance. We go through seasons and we go through occasions. Life is unpredictable. Its misfortunes are inevitable and often inescapable. And no matter how well prepared you are, or how many advantages or talents and abilities you have in this life, uh, you too will suffer these occasions. And Solomon is saying these occasions are not great occasions. These are evil occasions. These are, these are misfortunes. And maybe you're going through one this morning. And I love the wisdom that God has. Um, and you can wonder, I wondered this. I said, man, if God is sovereign, great. But I don't see many times what he's doing and how he's working. Everything is predetermined. What's the point of him in trying to run fast? What's the point of working hard to be a great warrior? What's the point of trying to be a great preacher? You know, study God's word and, and be a good pastor. What's the point of trying to be a good husband if, if it's just time and chance happens to everybody? And some people live that way. It's very fatalistic. It's like whatever will be, will be. And they give up on life. And Solomon's going to say, that's a stupid way for you to live. In fact, in uncertain times, it's good for you to actually lean into the wisdom of God. It's good for us to learn to live wisely. It's good for us to lean into say, God, how do you want me to orchestrate this? How do you want me to live through this? How do you want me to, to discern this plan of what's happening and, and, and walk in your wisdom? And um, he's going to say, if talents are a trap, thank you, Levi, if talents are a trap, wisdom is the key in times of uncertainty. Fatalism seems to be the good option for some people if all things are predetermined. But God doesn't want us to just have a passive acceptance of things that come your way and resign from working hard and understanding. Um, side note, while that slide is still up, one of the key, this yesterday morning I was uh, talking to my wife for a couple of hours, just talking about how much God's brought us through. And it was really good for us to do that because um, sometimes I doubt what God is doing. And sometimes we forget what God did. And I know that I've not been a perfect person, a perfect human being, and I fail. And, you know, and I haven't been you know, a good dad, I haven't been a good son to my mom, I haven't been a good brother, I haven't been a good husband, I haven't been a good pastor, I haven't been a good leader. And this actually encouraged me quite a bit, to know that the humility of knowing that there will be occasions of uncertainty, and I will find myself failing. And it's nice to lean into the wisdom of God, because that takes humility, it takes accepting God, I need to grow in this. I, I need your wisdom in this. And, and that's why I wrote this down. I said, if talents are a trap in times of uncertainty, wisdom is the key in these times. Wisdom is the key. And, um, okay, I'll paint this picture as we move along. Solomon, he's going to give us an illustration of how this wisdom practically gets you through uncertain times. Three sub-points with this if you want to write it down. He's going to illustrate wisdom. He's going to tell us to prioritize wisdom. And he's going to say, apply wisdom. Now I can give you a 15-point message on wisdom or even more just from the book of Proverbs on how to gain wisdom, how to keep wisdom, and how to live in wisdom, and how to treat wisdom. I don't want to do that. Uh, you can do that in your own free time if you want to, but what I want, want to point out is in the category of uncertain times, how does wisdom play a role in our life? Verse 13, we're going to see the example of wisdom. He says, I've also seen this example of wisdom under the sun. And it seemed great to me. There was a little city, there's a beautiful story, there was a little city with few men in it. And a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor, wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no one remembered the poor man. I want to point a few things out in these few verses. In this. I don't know if it's a parable or if it's something that he really saw happen. Great city, 
okay, is coming against a small city where there are few men in it. And they surround the city and they want to tear its walls down and kill everybody in it. But in the city that was found, look at his, his character, a poor man, he was wise, and by his wisdom, he delivered the city. He saved the city. But yet, no one remembered him. Look at the illustration of wisdom. Sometimes, you just need one person to save a nation. Sometimes, we don't need the talented few. Sometimes, we don't need the dream team. We need one person of wisdom that can save the nation. And uh, my prayer is that in our churches, we will have people with wisdom more than people who rely on their talents. People of wisdom. Solomon doesn't tell us uh, if this is a parable, like I said, but in 2 Samuel chapter 20, um, there's, a, there's a beautiful passage. Joab, David's right-hand man, is chasing this dude who's trying to topple the throne that David is sitting on. And he's trying to get rid of King David. And he chases this guy, and this guy, uh, he runs everywhere. He's got a, he's got a woman named uh, Sheba. And, and, and he chases uh, this guy, and he runs into the city, and he hides. And so Joab and his men, they surround the city, and they're tearing down the walls, and they're like, we're going to get this guy. We're going to kill this guy, no matter who comes our way. And look at this in 2 Samuel chapter 20. There's this woman. Uh, she comes up on the wall, and she says, I want to talk to Joab. And Joab comes, and he says, listen, man, what do you want? And this is what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 22. Then the woman went to all the people in her wisdom. The woman speaks to Joab over the wall. They're surrounding, they're going to tear the city down to kill this one guy. In her wisdom, she goes and she talks to all the people. Women, listen to me. This is a woman that's talking to an army commander and then goes into a city in her wisdom. Not with her last name, not because of who her husband is in the city gates. Are you listening to me, women? She goes in her wisdom and she talks to all the people in the city. I think that's pretty fascinating. Don't you think so? That wisdom, like Solomon says, can save a city. She goes in her wisdom, talks to people in the city, and what do they do? They cut off his head, the guy, of she, the guy named Sheba, the son of Berchi, and throw it out to, Je, to Joab. Kind of gruesome. So he blew the trumpet, and they dispersed from the city, every man to his home, and Joab returned to Jerusalem to the king. She could have died that day, but she used wisdom. Solomon's saying, that's the illustration of wisdom. When uncertain time comes, you don't run to the warrior to say, come and defend us. Instead, you respond with wisdom. It was a woman that, that, that was used with wisdom. This blows my mind. We don't often think this way, do we? No. We think that. Fight time, flex those muscles. Get the strongest guy. We don't think, hey, what's the wise way to deal with this? Then Solomon's going to say, you've got to prioritize wisdom. Because what happened to this poor man that saved the city? What was his outcome? He was forgotten. Isn't that crazy? That's sad. He was forgotten. The man who saved the city was not remembered, but was soon forgotten. People are fickle and famous fleeting. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 40, Joseph is in the prison, wrongfully accused by Potiphar's wife, and he's in prison, and then there are two guys who are sent by the king who's in prison, the, the cupbearer and the baker. And both of them are in prison, they have a dream, and Joseph interprets the dream, and he says, hey, listen, man, you're going to get your head chopped off, but you, the cupbearer, you're going to be saved. And when you go to the king, Please remember me. In fact, you know what? Let me, let me read this verse here. I was reading it this morning and it's not going to be on the slide and I should have put it on my notes. But it's so beautiful because it really illustrates um, what I'm trying to show you. Genesis chapter 40, verse 14. Only, this is Joseph's words to the cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I've done nothing that they should put me into the pit. 
Only remember me, please. Don't forget me. Remember me. What happens when he goes out of prison, the cupbearer? He forgets about Joseph. You know how detrimental that is? Because Joseph is the one that's going to interpret the dreams to save Egypt and all the known world. And he forgot the wisest guy in all of Egypt. And Solomon says, you've got to prioritize wisdom. Church, listen to me. We're living in a world that prioritizes good looks, that prioritizes Instagram followers and social media, who can make the loudest noise on social media. We have to learn to listen to the still small voice of wisdom that comes from God. Oftentimes, men, we as believers, there have been people who have spoken words of truth and life into you, and you've forgotten those people. Is it not? You've gone off after the next big thing, someone will say you think, tell you things that will tickle your ear. And you're gone. But there were people who spoke wisdom to you and you've, you've left them far behind. You've forgotten them like Joseph in the prison. And maybe you're even slandering their name now. You cannot do that. You've got to prioritize wisdom. Verse 16. But I say that wisdom is better than might. Though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. How beautiful is that? Solomon says, listen, you might be that, that smart man the man of wisdom, the woman of wisdom that saved the city, that saved your family, that saved the relationship, that saved you know, a family, that saved your business, that saved your boss's life and, and kept the business from going under, you might have been forgotten. And Solomon's saying, don't lose heart. Don't stop walking in the ways of wisdom because wisdom is better than great mighty. So he says, brains are better than brawn. In uncertain times, talents can trap you, wisdom can save you. And if you're wise, you'll listen to wise counsel. Verse 17, the words of the wise are heard in quiet, are better than the sounding of a ruler among fools. He's saying, again, prioritize wisdom. Oftentimes, we run after the, the ruler who's loud among fools. Yeah, he's standing there and talking to 20 people loudly and they are just a bunch of yes men and fools. How many times have you seen leaders, and I'm, I'm going to talk purely about church right now. Sure, the pastor looks good, the leadership team looks good, a bunch of yes men. And the pastor looks so powerful because he surrounded himself with a bunch of fools. And he speaks so loudly and it's just foolish. There's no wisdom. They're running after talents. The words of the wise are heard in quiet, are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. You know, bring it away from church and bring it to your homes. Maybe you're that person standing at home and shouting. But when there's true wisdom, people will press the ear in to say, I want to hear, I want to listen. Wisdom is, is, like, is like gold, man. It's valuable. It's precious. You don't need to shout it. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 